3: Well, it is Monday here on this program. You know what that means. Last night was AEW New Japan Forbidden Door. What would you think about that show? Turned out to be exactly as I was told the day the show was announced. A lot of people upset, didn't get dream matches. But my God, what an awesome show it ended up being in the ring. One great match after another. There was nothing on the show that you could even remotely call a bad match. There were certainly matches better than others, but holy smokes, what a show. We'll talk about that here on the program today. We've got all of the matches. I've got updates on John Moxley and Adam Cole, one of whom was injured and one of whom was not, so that's part of the update right there. We have also got an update on Vince McMahon, long-form New York Magazine article Written by the author of the upcoming Vince McMahon Unauthorized biography In a long form interview A former WWE wrestler corroborated Female referee Rita Chatterton Sexual assault accusations against Vince McMahon We'll tell you about that here today On the show We have also got Raw tonight The 20 year anniversary Of John Cena In WWE Which is funny because Man time flies at the same time It's only been 20 years Jiminy Christmas. Feels like it's been, well, I guess it has been decades now, hasn't it? We've also got SmackDown. We've got Rampage. AW is on Wednesday with Blood and Guts. NXT is tomorrow. And we will take your feedback as well. 425 780 7566 is the phone number. That is 425 780 7566. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com at Brian Elber is on Twitter. And if you want more on Forbidden Door, WrestlingObserver.com, if you're a subscriber, did uh, Hour and 15 Minutes with Vinny, Hour and 15 Minutes with Dave last night, so a lot to get into. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
1: That's 800-298-9093. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live
2: with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. We're going to try and get Sempervivi's video up here one way or the other. At some point here on the program today. <laughs> but last night was A.W. Forbidden Door. And I want to start with an update, although we don't really have much of an update on Adam Cole. If you didn't see the show last night, Adam Cole suffered what was believed to be a concussion during his match for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. It was Jay White, Hangman, Okada, and Adam Cole. And I don't know the move, I don't know when... I was given the impression it was actually somewhat early in the match. And then he worked the entire rest of the match with a concussion. And uh, for whatever reason, it wasn't until the very end of the match that uh, he was in there with Okada. Okada went for the Rainmaker. Cole is supposed to duck, which he did. But then he just stayed down. And uh, Adam, uh, I'm sorry, Jay White jumped in the ring, tossed Okada out of the ring, rolled over Cole... Uh, held him down and uh, and pinned him. And then afterwards, they had the, uh, the doctor hit the ring to check on Adam Cole, and uh, he did leave under his own power. I was told that, uh, you know, when they got him backstage to examine him, he was feeling all right, was what I was told, but he was clearly, there was an injury. And uh, this is, you know, he's been working with a shoulder injury. If you watch the show, I mean, his shoulder is all taped up. And he had had another injury in the uh, Samoa Joe match, which I believe was also a concussion. So he had two, con- two concussions in the span of a month, and he needs time off to get better. And uh, hopefully he gets a lot of time off to get better, because, uh, you know, that's two matches where uh, not only did he suffer concussion, but uh, he still managed to work an excellent match with a concussion. So a healthy Adam Cole is what we need. And uh, it's never good to suffer two head injuries in the span of one month. So wishing all the best to him. And uh, hopefully he gets checked out and everything is all right. And uh, that's the update on him. There was also a main event with John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi. And uh, John Moxley's doing the match. And he rolls outside. And uh, all of a sudden he comes back to the ring and he is gushing blood. And uh I immediately, because it's John Moxley, just thought, well, he uh he bladed. Why? I don't know. It's not like he got hit with a pipe or anything like that. He just came up and he's he's bleeding everywhere. So uh, I'm doing the show with Vinny and uh and I, I think it was Vinny, or maybe it was the announcers and Vinny, but you know, everyone starts talking about how I think they clonked heads on the uh on the sling blade and it was it was hard way and i never thought that it would be hard way because i don't know if john moxley actually travels town to town with blades but i do know that this brother's got a lot of blades and uh i think in the uh the filthy tom lawler fred rosser match i think that they got the actual blade for that match from john moxley so he may actually have like a doctor's kit full of blades but anyway so uh once everybody was asking about it, I I sent a a message asking if it was a uh if it was hard way. And I did not mention the word blade. I, I simply asked hard way? And uh the answer was yes. So it's possible that uh the person that I sent this message to was confused, and when they read it, they thought I was asking if it was a blade job, and they said yes. But uh, I, I was told that it was it was hard way. But at the end of the day, that aspect doesn't matter. It was a Moxley match, and he's bleeding everywhere now. What does matter is uh, then during the Observer radio show, Dave mentioned that uh, during the post show press conference, and I don't know if this was during the press conference or if it was like you know jibber jabber after the press conference because those things happen. But uh, he mentioned that Moxley had stated that he might have a concussion. And uh, what I was told was that Moxley does not have a concussion. And if you've ever watched a, uh, like a Moxley interview, and actually I think that he did this exact same interview after the Filthy Tom match at Defy. Whenever he has a bloody match, he goes, uh, you know, I may have blood loss. I might be concussed. Uh, it's part of his, his in-character shtick. So uh anyway, he does not have a concussion. So John Moxley is fine. He may or may not have bladed, but he did bleed everywhere. And he did beat Hiroshi Tanahashi to win the AEW Interim uh championship. And so at some point he will face uh he will face CM Punk when CM Punk is ready to return from his quote lower leg injury. But uh we got a lot to talk about on this show. I guess we'll start with uh, just the main event. Mike, what did you think, as you are represented here by uh, G RAF, of the main event of this program? I thought, uh, other than uh, the
5: finish of the four way when it came to the title matches, you know, the obvious wonkiness there for the reasons that you explained, I thought that was a really great match. And, you know, I was thinking about it when I was watching that when it comes to Hangman Page, there's probably some people. And in fact, I know there are on the outside of AEW that look at him and go, I don't I don't see what they see. The booking is this. The booking is that. But you know what? He's kind of (laughs) like he's going to end up being like AEW sting because no matter what he's going to rise to the occasion. And no matter what you've said about the build into that match. And a lot of people had a lot of opinions, especially on that one. He's great. (laughs) And he's going to be such a future star for them. And he, for all of the talk going into that match and how wonky it was, he really rose above. And I thought that was great. And I thought Jay White was great with that in that match too, with Tanahashi and Moxley. Tanahashi's just the greatest, you know, I've been a long time fan of his. I've been able to watch him for a long time and he's an older guy who has taken a beating and you can see sometimes where he is moving a little bit mechanically, but hey, he can still turn it on and he's still one of the best in the world when he does and a perfect dance partner with with John Moxley in, in the aspect of We've seen Tanahashi against everybody. We've seen him in the pure garbage match against Kento, which was referenced during the match. We've seen him in all sorts of these different situations. But with John Moxley, who... You can slow it down a little bit for Tanahashi. You don't have to worry about Naito or Ibushi matches where he feels like he's got to keep up. It's a little bit slower with Moxley. And with Moxley, it brings him up a little bit because sometimes with the punch and kick and he's got a certain style of match and you know there's going to be plunder. At some point, he's probably going to bleed, which he did. But it brings him up a level, too, to work with Tanahashi. And I thought it was a great capper on what was a great a pretty great night. Now, it's is was it one of the all-time great shows? I'll leave that for other people to discuss. I don't really think it was, but I don't really care. You know, this was, for me, a step one of these two companies working together for the first time. I understand that there were politics involved. I understand that there were injuries. And I tried to block out as much as the of the banter and stuff on social media last week because there was so much that, at the end of the day... It was just like, you know, when everything's going to be said and done come Sunday night, Monday morning, people are going to be satisfied with what they saw. And for the most part, from what I've seen, and again, maybe my timeline's a little bit too clean or a lot cleaner than other people's, everybody seems to be in agreement that it was a really good show, the, sur- the surprises, some expected like Cesaro. It delivered as expected. Some surprises, like Shabata coming out there. I mean, with his music hitting, the entire place going ballistic. Incredible moments happened. So we can we can nitpick it to death. We can talk about some of the things. We no one's going to nitpick like. this
3: show. What are you talking about? <laughs> if you are going to nitpick not. this show, get off the chat today and go away, you nerds. This was an <laughs> all-timer. You know what's funny about this being an all-timer? Oh, it's an all-timer. People people are going to talk about this for a year. The way they talk about uh, that first All In, it's just this this classic show, top to bottom. There was not anything resembling a bad match on the show. Like the closest you could come to, uh, to say that there was like a bad match on the show was like the Thunder Rosa Tony Storm match, and that, oh, was, not uh, yeah, that match. was not a bad match. Not a bad match. So the point of this is, there's so much talent in AEW, and there's so much talent in New Japan, that for one year, people are going to talk about this as being an all-time great show. But then next year, there's going to be Forbidden Door 2. And then all of a sudden, that's going to be even better than this one. Don't question me, Mike. You'll find out on the show today. (laughs) No, it's not. Thank God there's a break. Go fix your camera. Observer Live.
1: That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details. You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian
2: Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Yes, we got Mike's video back. Yay! Just in time for me to go over the entire show and not let him say a word for a second. This great show, this forbidden door of greatness. <laughs> we had Chris oh, Jericho, man. Minoru Suzuki, Sammy Guevara beating Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yudin, Shota Umino. 18 minutes, 57 seconds. Great, great opening match. <laughs> they had a lot of star-making performances on this show. And uh, the one in this match was old Shota Umino. God damn Darn, this guy just was out of this world, and the place went crazy for this guy, and Jericho sold like crazy for him before finally hitting him with the, uh, whatever they call it, the back elbow, and uh, pinning him in the middle of the ring to uh, get a big win to set up the uh, Blood and Guts show, which is coming up on Wednesday. And uh, then, later in the show, they were interviewing Showdomino. And uh, Jericho showed up and burned him with a fireball because he's a wizard. So uh, one of these days, one of these days, Shoto beating Chris Jericho. I don't think it's going to be for a while, but that day is going to come. And uh, this was a great opener. Then we had another great match. FTR beat United Empire and Rapungi Vice. They did an angle where uh, Dax Harwood, they... they, uh, there's no secret that this show was pretty much cursed. And so they decided to do a spot where someone got injured on the show, and uh unfortunately, uh someone actually got injured on the show later which totally sucked. But this was at least a worked injury. Dax went down, sold his shoulder, walked to the back, and then uh later he comes back out with his shoulder taped up. It was only about like 3-4 minutes. So it wasn't like, you know, he missed the entire match and then won the titles. So he comes back, the place goes crazy cuz he's back. He makes his giant comeback. They go back and forth. And finally, at the end, they hit the big shatter machine on Rocky Romero, the former shatter machine, now the big rig, And they uh, win the titles. They are now the IWGP Ring of Honor and AAA Tag Team Champions, which one would think sets up a match with the Young Bucks to unify all four titles. Uh, So we'll see if that happens. Uh, Maybe they could hold that off until uh, all out, but... This was a great match. Fans went nuts. Uh, this was good stuff. Pac won the four-way. Huh? Hey, did you guys see that that uh, show I did with Denise where he did predictions? Yeah, who predicted Pac? Oh, that would be me. I predicted him. And he won, beat Malachi Black, Miro, and Clark Connors. Clark Connors was the guy that got the uh, star-making performance here. And they set it up great, because the first half of this match, they treated this guy like, oh, he's the fourth wheel in this match. We got the three big stars. It was supposed to be a Shee, but he got hurt. Oh, Clark's going to get in the match, the guy that lost in the uh, qualifying match. And, man, they just beat him down, and they beat him down. And he'd try and do something on Miro, and Miro would just no-sell it and look at him and then beat him down. But then Miro goes for a spear, and he goes through this table, and... And Clark gets to ring, and this dude made the greatest comeback. And these fans are losing their minds. They're chanting, let's go, Clark. And he would get cut off, and they'd start booing, like Malachi Black or whoever, because they wanted to see more Clark. And then finally, uh, we get the uh, return of Miro. He uh, puts the game over on Pac. Uh, It's broken up. Uh, There's the black mist right in the face. Which I guess because it's a four way is not an EQ. And then finally, Pac hits the black arrow immediately into the brutalizer. He submits Clark Connors, and Pac is the first ever AEW All Atlantic Mid Pacific Champion. <laughs> and this was another great match. Then we had Sting, Darby, and Shingo versus the Young Bucks and El Fantasmo. Everybody in this match decided we're going to make Sting into a superstar because you know like sting's not a superstar so he's the young talent that got elevated in this match dude they did everything he's no selling this and that he's beating dudes up he was awesome in this match and you mentioned like hiroshi tanahashi is going to be the new japan version of sting there's a big difference at this point and i don't know how hangman i don't know how what about hangman
5: page I said Hangman Page was going to be AEW's version where no matter what the outside thinks, no matter how he is booked, the fans are going to take Hangman Page and go, he's ours, he was here from day one, and he always lives up to ah. what he should in the
3: ring. And yeah, Sting whatever. was... Go ahead. Sting was what? Sting I was, was always
5: always that way for WCW fans.
3: I see. Well, I'm looking at it a different way. I'm looking at this. Sting's the old they <laughs> that can go until he's 60... 60- Oh man, Dom. Dom, you better get on this guy. You texted me, Dom. You weren't even at the studio on Friday. And you had to bury me over text message. Now look at this guy here. We finally get his video. And now gonna got a violation here. You should be ashamed of yourself, Mike. I'm disgusted. But anyway, Young, young Hero Sting, the biggest superstar in this match... And uh, he was just awesome. And then finally at the end, Shingo had made in Japan on Phantasmo, got the pin. I thought this match was great. And we're not even going to Mike's opinion at this point. He's censored. Then we had Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm. It's a tale of two matches. First five minutes, technical wrestling, grappling. It was awesome. Second, ten, second five minutes, it was all right. I didn't think it was great, but it was all right. It wasn't bad, I'll tell you that much. Tony did the, uh, the most brutal finisher in all of AEW, which somehow isn't a finisher. The flying hip attack to the face of Thunder Rosa. And then, uh, hit her with the, uh, Thunder Rosa hit the final reckoning. Dustin's, uh, finish got the pin. I thought this, uh, it was good. It was not a great match. When this is the weakest match on the show, you had a great show. You know what I'm saying, everybody? All of you that are allowed to speak. Then we had Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. Oh, man. What a match. It started out It started out just fine. Like the first five, seven minutes, I was like, that's eh, all right. There sure ain't no uh, Will Ospreay-Nick Wayne match. But then the second half of this match, they turned it up and they just, they had a banger, as they call it. They had a banger. And uh, Will Ospreay ended up getting the win, as everybody would expect. But uh, this was actually very much like the Nick Wayne match in the sense that nobody believed that Nick Wayne was going to beat Will Ospreay. And nobody believed that Orange Cassidy was going to beat Will Ospreay. But they had a couple of near sp- near falls there at the end where the fans forgot that they knew the guy couldn't win. And they went nuts for him. But uh, very good match. And then afterwards, we had a uh, uh, big schmoz. And who should come down to make the save? But uh, of all people, not Kenny Omega, but Shibata shibata's music hit the place goes crazy he comes down he beats up Aussie open he uh he lays out will Ospreay, and uh then orange cassidy awards him with the aviators and a great moment i don't think it's actually leading to anything after uh shibata you know did what he did at the tokyo dome but uh man the fans here in this building they loved it claudio castagnoli and zach saber jr Went 18 minutes. It was a very, very good match. I did not think it was an excellent match, but I thought it was very good. Claudio did a a superior job selling, like to the point where people are asking after if he's injured, but he wasn't. He's just great. And Zack Sabre Jr. didn't do as as many uh, counters as he does in your your typical Zack Sabre Jr. New Japan style match. This would have been like uh, when Zack Sabre Jr. was in uh, NXT for the, uh, what was that tournament that he was in? What was the tournament he was in with NXT? You can Can speak for a second. Just watch your language. The the Cruiserweight title tournament? The Cruiserweight Classic. The Cruiserweight Classic, yeah. Cruiserweight Classic. This would have been like one of those matches where he's in there. It's a very good match. But it's like a, you know, it's a Claudio, WWE-style match. And it was great. Like, it would have been the best match on most WWE pay-per-views. But uh, in the end... Uh Claudio did hit the uppercut, he hit the uh arm trap power bomb. He got the win heading into Blood and Guts. It was his debut. It doesn't take anything away from the Brian Danielson dream match with Zack Sabre Jr. The right man went over and it was a very good match. Uh the Jay White uh Hangman Adam Cole Okada match, we talked about this. It was a really really good match until the finish. It was sad, you know, I don't know what else to say about it, but you know, it started slow. All of these guys would have had a better singles match, but they did some great four-way spots there at the end until the uh, wheels fell off the wagon and uh, and Jay White retained. That led to Moxley-Tanahashi main event, which we talked about. And uh, I didn't think Moxley slowed it down at all for Tanahashi. I actually thought the opposite. I thought he went in there and it was like, we're going to drag a uh, 2018 Tanahashi match out of you.
5: You're, you're, don't, you're putting words in my mouth there. I didn't say that anybody was going to be dragged
3: down or anything no, I didn't like that. Not to say dragged down, you said he went slower for him. Did you not?
5: Well, I mean, in comparison, I was talking about when it comes to Tanahashi, in there with Naito, and in there with Ibushi, and in there with those expectations, the Shingo, and what he has expectations for himself, the fact that he can wrestle guys like Moxley, like Jericho, be able to do some things more in, in American style, it, again, it just, to me, it elongates his career, and it shows another diverse side of him that, again, we've seen it all with tanahashi i'm not saying anything that's like brand new or anything like that but when you always see him in japan and then you see him against foreigners like moxley who's got a distinct style it's a nice balance and they tend they
3: worked with each other i thought incredibly well well they did work incredibly well but man this moxley was he was just going balls to the wall in this match right here and and uh, tanahashi was going to stay with him or die and you know what he did he stayed with him. But boy, <laughs> this guy got put through the ringer in this match right here. Moxley hit him with the Death Rider, which in fact they called the Death Rider, and he uh, pinned him to win the title. And then uh, I know everyone hated the post match, but they did a big brawl to set up the uh, blood and guts. And in fact, Claudia went out there and did a 20 rep giant swing on old Matt. It was great. Back in a moment with more Observer Live.
1: Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe $25,000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is the perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need $25,000, $50,000, or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-209-6124. 800-209-6124. 800-209-6124. That's 800-209-6124. NMLS 6606 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org This is not an offer or commitment to lend Subject to borrower and property qualifications Not all borrowers will qualify Terms and conditions apply Equal housing opportunity
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live With Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi On the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network yeah. hey,
3: come on. hey, look, if you didn't like that post-show brawl I ain't going to argue it. I tweeted my idea, which was, after the match, should have had them do their respect thing, and then CM Punk's music hits. He comes out on crutches. He presents the interim title to the winner, and then they do the uh, stare down, because that's the one that's coming up. It's Chicago, dude. You could have had CM Punk come out on crutches. But they didn't. They did a big brawl to set up the uh, Blood and Guts show this coming Wednesday. Which uh, should be bloody, be my guess. A little gutty? I make a prediction. Probably. I, dude, there better not be guts. This Why? place has got enough problems. If well, someone's guts true. come out on Wednesday, I mean, it's time to just like wrap it up. That's true. On national
5: TV, they may have to after that. They may be told that, uh, yeah, they, they shouldn't do that. But. They
3: might get a violation.
5: <laughs> you know, everybody that wants, it doesn't have to be ranked, whether it's a great pay-per-view or not, it was a great first step. And as was mentioned, there were a lot of people that got to be seen for the first time by a new audience for anybody, anything anybody says about how tuned in that AEW fan base is to New Japan. Not everybody is going to be. It's impossible for it to happen. So... To see Desperado for the first time, to see Clark Connors for the first time, to see some of these people, and then to see some of these other people that other people know, you know, the pop that Shibata got. For somebody who doesn't know really what he, he actually means to New Japan and one of the three Musketeers of the New Generation with Tanahashi and Nakamura, and they don't know how, you know, he's training the guy, Clark Connors, who had that comeback in the ring. Well, Shibata helped teach that because those fundamentals, you know, will never die. And you see how great of a white meat baby face he gets to be right now. I mean, you want to see more of those guys. Fantasmo, obviously what Phantasmo does, if you don't like the young bucks, you're not going to like Phantasmo. In fact, you're going to probably hate him even more oh well. He's incredibly talented, he's great, and when he turns some of that stuff down, because sometimes I believe it's too much too, especially when you watch him in New Japan, he's great, and he's physically impressive, and he's fantastic. And Osprey, you can bitch and moan and whine and complain and convince about Orange Cassidy and him being the choice for that match. Fine, whatever. They had the match. And there could not have been a better opponent to make Orange Cassidy looks so good, then somebody as good as Will Osprey, somebody as physically impressive as Will Ospreay. And I, I just, again, there was a lot that took place with a lot of the complaints leading into this show that hopefully have evaporated away. Apparently not, because I didn't realize that the post-match got such a, you know, it was annoyed people so much. I mean, I thought, honestly, the giant swing would have alleviated any You know, complaints that anybody would have about the thing, but I guess not. But bottom line is, it was a really good show, and again, this was a great step one. This isn't even as good as they could do, you know, tomorrow, let alone a year from now, when things are figured out better, when they'll probably do another one of these. And you know what also, even though there's nobody in the G1, if you're a New Japan fan... It makes you think about the Dome show, and it makes you think about some of the possibilities over those three days that New Japan is going to want to do everything to make sure that they can sell as many tickets as possible to and get as many eyeballs on. You know, it, it, there are good things
3: coming from this, and that was the whole point of this show. The says, This is my first time watching a lot of the New Japan wrestlers wrestle, so I had a blast. Not going to lie, I knew Orange Cassidy was not going to win But that near fall after the beach break got me. This person here says, Why is it impossible for crowds to... I don't know why they can't count the giant swing. It was close enough. Oh, well.
5: My bigger issue is I
3: said 20, and Dave had to correct me to 19.
5: And let's give that crowd credit. You know, odds are anybody that was watching the buy-in probably already had their mindset on buying this show. If you were going to do something else, then you were going to do something else. But... When you if there was somebody that lingered on, when you're watching those matches that are essentially they're thrown together, Nick Comaroto and Lance Archer, but you hear that crowd and you feel that atmosphere, I mean it was a big night. It was a big That's the one thing AEW's got going for it still right now when it comes to those pay-per-views is those crowds are electric and they want to be seen, they want to be part of the show, and they want to make sure that they try to amplify things. So that's the one thing they really have going for them.
3: I have had multiple people talk about how awesome it was to be able to watch a giant swing with 20 revolutions that did not have 40 cuts which I 1,000% agree with. Absolutely. That was infuriating. You know, it's one thing. Like, you know, people complain about, uh, oh, you know, they he, he got swung 20 times, but the crowd counted 23 or whatever. Well, you know, at least you can k- try and count. You know how hard it is to count revolutions when they're cutting the camera every half revolution? 40 camera cuts for 20. Why do you have to cut the camera for a giant swing? Just let me look at it.
5: Look at the state that this country is in. Are you surprised that there are
3: people here that can't count? For all the complaining and negativity, this person says, heading into the show, as well as all the injuries and card changes, Forbidden Door ended up being exactly like some of us said it would be, a great pro wrestling show with some awesome matches and easily one of the top three shows of the year so far. By the way, speaking of injuries, um, I don't know. uh, Maybe something changed this morning. But as of last night, with the exception of Adam Cole, it appears nobody else got hurt on the show.
5: So thank God for that. Dare I ask you this question, which I will. How long has Adam Cole, to your knowledge, been the
3: shoulder been really hurt for? I don't Do you know. have any but idea? But it's been a while.
5: That's what I was, was wondering. It was before
3: the Samoa Joe match.
5: It seems like, I wonder how, if there's been something lingering even a lot longer than that. You know, I I do wonder that. Now, again, he's so good. He's so good, you know, and I just, hopefully he's better. Again, the the concussions, you know, thinking about it when you were saying it during the opening, I didn't really think about the concussions and the time that he had them, you know, as close together and everything. And it's just, yeah, he's just another one of those guys that it's, there's injuries that happen all the time. For the big names, for this to be this many big names at the top of their company, and frankly in WWE as well, I mean, it's the timing of all of this is horrific, but it's amazing how the the industry will
3: survive. Forbidden Door is reminding me of how awesome crossover shows can be. Leads me to want the ultimate crossover show. Well, you ain't going to get WWE versus AEW, brother, unless one of them is going out of business, which I do not see happening Anytime soon. And we saw how that went. And I don't want to see a, a redo of that again either. This person here says, Do you think AEW will introduce New Japan wrestlers better before Forbidden Door 2? Well, they already have. Like, they already have now. We're, we're further along now than we were a month ago. So, as I've mentioned countless times, you're going to see more of these New Japan guys make appearances in AEW. Because New Japan has New Japan Strong. And they're going to be running shows all year long. And you're going to have guys that come over here and they come over there. And by the time next June rolls around, if you're a regular viewer of AEW, there will be far fewer instances of you going, I have no idea who that is if you've never watched New Japan show. You're going to see. And if you bought the show, you've already seen virtually everybody except Naito especially if you watch the uh, um, pre-show. So, yes, we're already in a way better place now than we were a month ago for the next Forbidden Door.
5: Yeah, I wonder if ROH can get off to a really good start with that pay-per-view that they've announced coming up. Let's say they're able to get a good jump on things and they feel like they're in a good place. To me, that can only help New Japan strong. And having that crossover, there's so many people on the AEW roster that are gonna need seasoning and, and need seasoning and just want to travel. That could, again, migrate their way to Japan, learn things. You know, if you got a guy, again, why would you not want to have a good relationship with Shibata and have some guys train under there if you think that they are mentally that's the the, the route they want to take? You know, so I there's gonna be a lot, and again, that also builds names. You know, it also builds up you know some f- familiarity with some of these guys coming over. Like again, all sure Sh- Amino needed to do was be touched by John Moxley, and you see where things went from there w- with with Moxley and-, and his relationship and how big of a star he came almost instant- instantaneously because of that. So they did make mistakes here, but everything wasn't really jumbled leading into this thing. Again, step one, they'll learn from their mistakes, and just by this show happening, people have a lot better idea and a handle on who some of these other New Japan athletes are.
3: person wants to know if Ring of Honor should run house shows. I feel like they could sell smaller venues out and be profitable. No chance. No chance Ring of Honor should be running house shows right now. What they should be doing is they have to run TV tapings, but you have to have TV before you can run TV tapings. Once you've got TV, then you can run some TV tapings, AW's yeah. barely running house shows for crying out loud. Ring of Honor is not going to do well doing house shows. A- now, what you re- could do, what you could do is dark and elevation. What's the difference between dark and elevation? Besides the name. I mean, you could, I mean, there's two things you could do dark could be AW and elevation could be Ring of Honor. Or. You just keep Dark and Elevation the way they are, but call them AW slash ROH Dark and Elevation. And you have Ring of Honor matches, and you have AW matches on Dark and Elevation. Get those guys some time in the ring. If people want to see some Ring of Honor, they can watch it on Dark and Elevation. If they don't, they don't have to. But, like, that'll give them something to do where you're already running the event anyway. You're not going to risk losing money. And then once, you know, you can do house shows if house shows make financial sense. They don't even make financial sense for AEW right now. So no, no no Ring of Honor house shows.
5: No, I mean, they'd be better off doing things like sending people to the Monster Factory, you know, or or training centers around where those guys can get work and also have seminars on that weekend and, and do things that way to get them more ring time or to do this that and the third i mean to work with somebody else i mean otherwise that it that's it's insanity to run house shows you have who know he hasn't made any local sponsor i mean there's a lot that goes into trying to get this thing off the ground and running house shows you know and just being big and being able to say i can rent that building (laughs) you know you can do that but you know there's more to it than that what's going to be also interesting is a lot of people talked about and i didn't think it was going to matter because again the people i thought were going to order this pay-per-view will but next month you know with a a roh pay-per-view you know are people going to want to spend 40 or 50 bucks on that and how is that going to be priced because i don't know if they've already advertised that or anything but again you know can you get eyes back on ring of honor and make it something where people want to spend money and spend the time in in an area that's so crowded.
3: And it is noted here that they have had uh, pure title defenses on Dark. They've had Mercedes Martinez and the women's title on Dark. So they are doing it. Uh, These are, I mean, they have somewhat of a roster. So I think that... uh, They have storylines. You know, obviously
5: the Satnam Singh Samoa Joe deal being, you know, the top of that heap. So... And, I, you know, Brian Cage is Brian Cage. You know, he's technically still signed. He's over there. They have people that are tabbed that they they want to use. So I don't know how Tony has got the time to come up with plans. I don't know. Maybe again, he maybe there's but he Well, does. that's it. And I don't know. Samoa Joe and Jay Lethal. There's so many great brains that are there. Sanjay Dutt. It'll be interesting to see Chris Daniels. There are so many guys. Again, we talked about the experience level in WWE. There's not enough guys being built up to be in these positions. This is a great chance for guys to learn corporate positions and how to learn and run a wrestling company because Tony Khan, you don't have the time to do it. Delegate it out and get other wrestling people to do this. Let them learn from their mistakes. Let it
3: go. Back in a moment, Wrestling Observer Live. a great way to save money on your prescription medications if you take viagra or cialis we can give you a way to pay as little as two dollars a pill Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping.
1: 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. That's 800-709-4409.
4: No offense, but are you a little fat when you look in the mirror?
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back on the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. If you are a subscriber to WrestlingObserver.com, Brian Vinny's show last night, Wrestling Observer Radio, all talking about Forbidden Door. I'll be back tonight with Dave. Talking about the New York Magazine article with Vince McMahon. We'll uh, get the history of that on the Observer Radio show tonight. And also talk about Fallout from Forbidden Door and Raw, which is the return of John Cena to celebrate his 20-year anniversary with WWE, which I presume is going to lead to a John Cena match at SummerSlam. Likely against Theory... So we have got the Money in the Bank Go Home Show. Kevin Owens versus Elias or Ezekiel or Edwin or whatever the last name he was, and I think the winner of that is in Money in the Bank or something like that. There's some sort of stip. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's raw for tonight, everybody. And then uh, tomorrow we'll have a uh, Lance Storm on Figure Four Daily at 10:30 a.m. Pacific, 1:30 Eastern. So an earlier start time tomorrow. And then old Mike is going to be solo on Wednesday, giving you two days notice, Mike, solo on Wednesday, because I know you love talking about NXT 2.0 here on this program. Is that my punishment for cursing? Well, Dom did ask me if I could go home Wednesday so that you could do that report, but uh, I wouldn't call it a punishment. Dom's not even going to be here Wednesday, is he? Dom,
5: are you? Where's Daniel yeah, going to be in? mm Hmm. Yeah. Are Are you going to be in on Wednesday?
2: Yeah.
3: He says I'm here.
5: Okay. Good. I'm I'm going to make sure that the lines are open to make you have to work harder. Oh
3: wow. What do you think about well, that? Well, no wonder you're punished regularly. Hey, we're out of time, everybody. We want to thank Mike as always, callers and listeners. Everybody, the studio, the FCC, Dom, Darren, all the good friends of Byline. Switch homies, top tiers. We'll talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.